In the name of one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. As we continue through the Easter season, the great 50 days of Easter, we continue to hear stories from the book of Acts. Today's story from the book of Acts sees that the followers of Jesus have spread well beyond Jerusalem. We've tracked how the followers of Jesus in that very first century, those very first years after Jesus' resurrection, began to gather together and began to tell the story and bring more people into the fold. And last week, we heard the story of Stephen, Stephen who became a deacon and Stephen who became argumentative in his telling of the story of the gospel and Stephen who was also stoned outside the city of Jerusalem. And there was a guy who was there at Stephen's stoning named Saul. Saul was this young hotshot, this up and coming priest who was there with the older elders of the temple because he was kind of the greatest of the next generation. Saul persecuted the Christians. Saul went about trying to find them and report them back to the heads of the Jewish faith so that they could be pushed out of the fold. Saul, however, on one of his trips, was physically knocked to the ground with a vision of Jesus. He was bowled over by meeting Jesus in person, and that meeting changed him forever. In fact, it changed his name, and he was, after that point, called Paul. St. Paul, who went and spread the gospel all over, began as a person who persecuted the Christians. The vision he had of Jesus, meeting Jesus face to face, changed him for good. In today's lesson, we see that Paul has traveled outside Jerusalem for a number of reasons, primarily because just because he changed his name and said he liked Jesus did not mean he was trusted by all of the people who followed Jesus from the very start. Paul could not do his ministry in and around Jerusalem because... The Christians just didn't trust him. And so Paul had to leave and he began to tell the story of Jesus to those outside Jerusalem. In the Acts of the Apostles, we kind of see it split 50-50. The first half was really about the followers of Jesus in and around Jerusalem. The second half, which is what we heard from today, is about how Christianity spread beyond the Jewish world. Today we see Paul go to the Areopagus. Paul goes to the place in Athens where the great philosophers would sit and debate ideas about how best to live. Paul shows up after having taken a little walk around Athens and he says, I see that you all are seeking, that you all are searching for the divine and you've got lots of little idols all over the place, little altars and places to worship and you've got one to an unknown God. Let me tell you that I know who that God is. Let me tell you what that God has done for you. Let me bring you in to learn more about Jesus and what God is trying to do for the world through Jesus. Now, Paul's story was met with some ridicule, but it was also met with some interest. And in that moment, Paul brought a lot of people into the Christian fold that had no concept of Jesus as that promised Messiah from the Old Testament or that Jewish idea of even what a Messiah was. They simply met Jesus in Paul's story and they were changed. You see, Paul found in the Greek world that there was a lot of seeking and searching for God. Paul 
understood what that felt like because Paul as a young person was seeking after God and searching after God, which is why he went off and he learned all about the Jewish faith and became one of their rock stars of his generation. But then he found Jesus and it changed him for good. I can remember as a young adult going out and seeking and searching and trying to figure out how to fill up what was inside of me that needed some filling. And I discovered that committing myself to Jesus, committing myself as a disciple of Jesus would actually fill me up. And I don't mean the priesthood. I mean, simple discipleship, simple Christian discipleship. My assumption is everyone in here is seeking and searching. Everyone in here is looking to be filled up. All of us understand what it feels like at some point in our history to have an emptiness inside, to have a hole inside of us that we are seeking to fill. What are you looking to fill? Do you kind of feel that empty place inside? Are you looking to fill it? Because my guess is that You've tried to fill it out in the world. The world's really good at tempting us to try and fill ourselves up, to complete us with a whole bunch of stuff that will always fail. My experience of preparing couples for marriage is one of my favorite things that I do as a priest because it's the opportunity that we have to talk with most of the time young people about the way that they will establish their lives. And what I have done for years and years and years is I have asked young couples as they are looking to get married to go off and do a little exercise. And so I invite you all to perhaps consider this exercise as well. And the exercise is think of the roles you play in your life child, spouse, parent, professional, and on and on and on. Identify which of those roles are most important. Literally prioritize those roles in a list and do so separately and then compare them with one another because when that happens, you actually get a chance to share your life and commit to life together as a married couple. Now in that experience and having counseled over 150 couples over my career, only once has one person come back with their roles and actually put on their list, disciple. And that person understood that disciple is number one on the list. If we are actually looking to fill ourselves up, to fill up that what we find empty inside of us, to actually complete who we were made to be, we begin our starting place, number one, as a follower of God. When we put God first, everything else in our life comes afterwards as being right ordered. When we put God first, we actually fill up that emptiness inside of us. We complete who God made us to be. And then everything else makes sense. Now, many of us might know this intellectually. We've certainly heard that kind of story in the past. But that doesn't mean that we stop chasing after the things in the world that we think will fill us up. The world will never fill us and satisfy us deeply. Wealth and power and beauty will never fill us up. And yet we go back to that well all the time. How many of us find ourselves a little off the path because we go chase after a little bit more money, a job promotion? Validation from other people, Lord, that's the worst, right? Validation from other people 
or security or safety or physical health or healing and the list goes on and on. Out in the world, we are drawn into a way of being that tells us that if we can just get a little bit more, if we can just be a little safer, if we can just be a little stronger, then we will feel complete. And yet that's not what Jesus offers us. Jesus offers us something so much more important. Jesus tells us that God is here to complete us, to fill us, to satisfy us, and to walk with us through every step of our lives if we simply commit. Like Saul, Paul, in the first century, when we meet Jesus, we change. When we finally receive the gift of Christ, we change. When we are filled, when our very deepest needs are met, we realize that we are never alone. When we commit ourselves to following Jesus, we gain the strength of perseverance. Jesus gives us this great gift of perseverance to resist what the world would have us be. And this is key. Because when we have that complete filling experience of Christ in us, we can persevere through all the pain and the heartbreak and the trouble of the world because every one of us knows that the world piles on every day a little bit more and a little bit more. And if we're not careful, we can get scared and we can begin to make decisions out of fear and we can begin to seek after those things that will never satisfy us instead of resting in the confidence of Christ in the rootedness of Christ. Paul's life when he goes off and he begins spreading the gospel is not easy. It's never easy, but he's got the rootedness in Christ to help him persevere through all the pain. There are some of us here who are rooted deeply in our Christian identity as children of God and we can persevere, we can face the pain of the world knowing that we do not face that alone. And then there are some in here who are still seeking after whatever the world tells us we're supposed to need or want to be. And today we are reminded, invited to make Christ the center of everything we are. And that by answering that call, be changed for good and forever. Perseverance is the key to Christian discipleship. And speaking of perseverance, today is Mother's Day. And mothers, why do you laugh? That's not funny. <laughs> mothers, motherhood represents perhaps the greatest human perseverance. Motherhood is putting others first, is allowing the hopefulness, the love of someone else to guide everything that one does. Today we honor those who mother out in the world, whether biological or chosen. Because motherhood is a commitment that we can all make. Motherhood is a love and a care that we have all benefited from in some way. Now, no mother is perfect. We all know this. But the essence of motherhood is that self-sacrificial commitment to the good over all else. The essence of motherhood is committing to walk with someone and to love someone unconditionally, no matter what, the essence of motherhood is that perseverance that we see in the face of Christ. Like a good mother, God never lets us go. Like a good mother, God walks with us whether we want him to or not. Like a good mother, Jesus' love for us is totally unconditional. 
Nothing we've ever done and nothing we will ever do will take that love away. And like a good mother, Jesus hopes. Jesus follows us. Jesus wants all of us to be everything we were created to be. The path of discipleship is never easy. But the path of discipleship is what we were made to follow. By committing to Christ, we are filled. That hole is filled forever. And it is Christ who walks with us and sustains us and lifts us up and gives us the capacity to persevere, the capacity to resist the world. And in doing so, transform everything around us. Happy Mother's Day and thanks be to God. Amen.